Welcome to this message from Shofar Christian Church. May you experience God's grace as you listen to His Word being preached. Lord Jesus, we just want to come and um, open up our hearts for Your Word. Uh, we thank You that You've already ministered so much to us already this evening. And um, the message, God, is a small part of this evening. I pray, God, that You would just come and... Um, just speak through me here this evening and even put a guard in front of my mouth to not say things that are not from you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Read with me from Genesis 4, the story of Cain and Abel. Did you know that Abel was an alcoholic? It's Cain that killed him. Yeah, it's one of those moments. <laughs> All righty. Let's get into the Word. I know it's a lame joke, but you're all laughing, so it's okay. All right. Now, Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain. And she said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. Then she bore again, this time his brother Abel. Now, Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but, the Lord, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. So the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry, and why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do, if you do, not, do, if you do not do well, sin lies at the door. And its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. Now Cain talked with Abel, his, his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, Where is Abel, your brother? He said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? And he said, What have you done? The voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. And there's so much in the scripture, and I'm going to try and just focus on, on one main aspect. But before I get to that thing about where, where is your brother and being our brother's keeper, the main issue here, and, and we see this in, in, in just in family kind of setups and in sibling rivalry as well, is often sibling rivalry comes out of a place of a perception that I am not accepted and my contribution is not accepted. But there's something wrong with me and with what I do. Now, obviously, from Scripture, we pick up here that, that there was something wrong with what Cain, from his heart's attitude, from what he did. And there's all sorts of um, takes on this. And one take, which I kind of believe is, 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 there's nothing wrong with bringing a grain offering or a lamb offering at that stage. Is what one key word that I pick up there is that Abel brought of his first, of his best. And it talks about there that Cain brought some. If we go back to verse 3. So in the process of time it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the fruit of the ground of the, uh, to the Lord. Abel also brought to uh, of the firstborn of his flock. Just a different 
both actions are the same, but their heart's attitude was, I'm going to give God the best. I'm going to give him that which is first. And, uh, and obviously, Cain kind of picks up on this, and he realizes that his offering was not accepted, and he registered a very deep sense of rejection. God didn't really reject him there in the sense that, okay, go away. He, he tells him that you need to rule over this what wants to wants to kind of it's almost like a demon is at the door and unless you rule over what your what your emotions are doing right now this thing is going to overcome you um and then fast forward a little bit he kills his brother out of this place of this sense of just utter despair almost depression and then a sense of rage where he takes out his brother and and obviously when God asks us a question, it's not because He doesn't know the answer to that. Amen? Have you ever had a situation like that where you feel like God is kind of asking you something and you're like, yeah, you kind of know the answer to that. <laughs> uh, but you're obviously asking that question because you want me to think about it. And uh, Him asking Him, where, where is your brother? And uh, his, you can almost sense a little bit of an attitude there. It's like, I don't know, am I, am I my brother's keeper? And the whole point was that he was supposed to be his brother's keeper. He was supposed to have his brother's back. And Cain was the firstborn, so he's also, in a sense, by default, supposed to look out also for the, for the, younger, for the younger brother. And, um, and, I, and I believe, just in short, there are, there are two, two things. Um, the, the one that is not the main point of this evening which I believe but there is there is something that I believe is for someone is that God comes if you put your faith in God he comes and he affirms you accepts you for who you are and who he's created you to be there's a sense of acceptance without any contribution the only contribution that we made to our salvation is the sin that was needed for Jesus to die Okay, so we all messed up. But He comes and He accepts us. Even while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So there's a, there's a sense of that God accepts us if we choose to lay down our lives before Him. So, there, so in terms of identity, in terms of acceptance, we don't have to go down a spiral of shame and depression in terms of and having to perform for God to be accepted by Him. Um, and then... I'll also say that if, if Jesus is, in a sense, the first receiver of whatever you do, you do everything as in glory to God, your gift will be accepted. Your contribution is valuable. Who you are is valuable, and the contribution that you make in the kingdom is valuable. Um, and that's just as a, as a side that I, that I believe is just for somebody. You can, you can take that back and go and meditate on that specifically. And um, Legacy, we did Legacy last weekend, and it's amazing. It deals a lot with regards to identity and, and how God sees us, and specifically with regards to also acceptance and acceptance of our, our, our contribution. And read with me in uh, Philippians 4. It says, Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from His love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each 
of you to the interests of the others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. And um, there's, there's, really, there's, there's two things out of that scripture that, that I believe the Holy Spirit wants to just give us. Um, I believe it's for us as a whole congregation, but also specifically for you as, as, as a Santon soon-to-be congregation. Is, there's, there's a lot of hype, there's a lot of excitement for us going forward about the church plant. But I want to encourage you to be on the lookout to your brothers and your sisters that is around you those that are in small group or that are supposed to be in your small group, that have come to visit a couple of times or maybe even just once, I want to ask you, where are they? Often we, we go to great lengths to reach out to people out there, but we don't look after the people necessarily as well when they actually just walk through the door, when they come to visit us in church or they come to visit in our small groups. And it's our responsibility to to connect with people relationally. And we need to be good stewards of those people that walk through those doors and connect with them. And not just, hey, how are you? Who you are? Where did you come from? But really with a heart's intent to connect with people. With, and and uh, I believe in this next, we're about two months away from this church plan. I want to encourage you as, as small groups, be full of intent to go and pick up the relationships of those who you don't see often in small group for whatever reason. Sometimes it's legitimate reasons, um, but I want to encourage you to be, and the, the key word is be intentional to build relationships. What do we typically do when we come to church? We go to the people that we get along with the best. Now that is okay when you first arrive at church in terms of when you first kind of slot in, you're finding your feet and like that. That's, that's natural, that's normal. But I want to encourage us to grow beyond that, to be on the lookout for those who don't know people here, who doesn't have relationship with people, so that they will also have a home. Uh, but then also not just to connect with them here, but to, to really trust God for love, a deposit of love in our hearts. Um, and to have the same attitude, as that scripture says, it, to have the same attitude in our relationships with one another that Christ Jesus had, where he made himself a servant to serve and to love people around us. I want us just to go back one slide where, um, where it talks about um, if you have any, any encouragement from being united with Christ, any comfort from his love, any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion. And he says, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and one in mind. And being one in spirit, being one in mind, being like-minded, what does it remind you of? It reminds you of doing something together. Why would we need to have a one mind and being like-minded? It's because we need to build one another up and because we need to yoke ourselves with Christ and His kingdom in doing what He is doing, to reach the world, to make disciples. Um, but it's, we all know that it's difficult to partner with someone that you 
they have completely different views with. Just take it on a micro level. You want to go on a holiday. You have a family of five. Especially if teenagers. Not then you want to go to five different holiday locations. <laughs> um, it's just sometimes we fight the most with the people that, that we that we have the closest to us. But there's a, there's a place that we need to like get together in a place in the spirit of what, what is God's agenda for my life? What is God's agenda for us as a congregation? What is God's agenda for the kingdom of God as a whole? Um, and uh, we need to engage it with God and what is, his, what is His will, what is His agenda, and we need to be intentional about it. Um, who of you by accident got here this evening? You got into the wrong friend's car and he brought you here. That's maybe by accident. <laughs> but all of you decided to come. You were intentional about coming here this evening. And I want to encourage you to be intentional with all the areas of your growth. With spending time with God, about building into the kingdom, building into other people's lives as well, and allowing other people into your life. Um, I see that quite a, quite, a, quite a few of the India missions team is here. And uh, um, we'll, we're going to give some feedback to the congregation this coming Sunday morning just about the, the, the outreach itself. But one thing that, that stood out to me from the mission itself is how vulnerable we were able to be with one another. Um, it was, we, had a, <laughs> we had our training, training day on the Saturday. And... Uh, Kind of just to get to know one another's stories a bit, we just shared our testimonies, which was intended to be like an hour or two. Four or five hours later, we kind of finished up just for sharing our testimonies. But just the level of vulnerability with which everybody kind of just engaged with one another was just so amazing. Um, and it is a safe place. But at the same time, it was not just the fact, it was, just not, it was not just an exercise of wanting to open up our hearts and just get to know one another. We all also knew that we are going to go on a mission, there's a purpose, etc. And, and that's the same with us as, a, as, a, as, as the body of Christ, is that we should engage with one another also because we want other people to talk into my life, I want to speak into their lives, but then also we want to move, to move forward together to build the kingdom. And how do we build the kingdom? Yes, we build into one another's lives, the body of Christ to be built up, but then also to, to reach other people who doesn't know God. I remember going, going on missions I can't remember if it was the year that Lauren and I went to, together to, to India, I think 2006. I think it was that one. I had this vision uh, going into the mission of, uh, of this, um, of Jesus being the commander of the armies of, of heaven. And uh, kind of like the old, old school kind of armies, okay? Not, not, the, not the modern day shoot where there's horses and regiments, almost like a Roman kind of army kind of picture. And, and Jesus is, is leading this army and there's different kind of generals placed on different regiments and in charge of different people. And, uh, and, and I was just reminded in preparing for this evening, I was reminded of that vision. There were certain people running from one regiment to the other regiment the whole time trying to say, peace, peace, let's work together, let's work together, where Jesus was like, just follow me, do what I command you to do, make disciples. Um, and, and I believe that cross-denominational will converge in the Spirit if we put first things first. We don't have to go around waving white flags, etc. If we make the main thing the main thing, 
we will converge. We will reach a place of unity in the spirit. But at the same time, different regiments have different functions within the body of Christ as well. And even within some of the more focused reg regiments, you, I kind of saw people that were like kind of distracted, sitting down, just playing games. And, and Jesus is like, come, come, it's time. It's time. We need to advance. We need to, we need to go. Um, and I believe that that is, that is the reason I believe God reminded me of that is, is for us as a congregation and for, for the saint and church plan, that is a moment like that of where we, we need to lay down distraction and get on God's agenda. Pick up on the guys that are, that are weary, that are tired, that are broken. Protect them. Um, but at the same time as well, and saying, you, you injured. You just, just come to small group. We're going to pray for you. We're going to cover you um, wherever you are. Or if you can't come to small group, I'll come visit you every now and then. So engage deliberately with those conversations. But at the same time, there's, a, there's, a, there's an urgency in the Spirit, which I believe, to, 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 to get out there and, and, and reach the lost and make disciples. Because that's how the kingdom advances. The, the vision kind of progressed from there. And I saw, like, as, as the army marches, obviously, in, this, in, in, in kingdom kind of terms, how the, how the kingdom expands is by, by people coming to, to know Christ. And, and it's almost as, as the army kind of advances through like dark areas, people coming to know Christ, being exposed to the light and coming into the light and almost also then joining, joining the ranks. So that's just a little bit of a vision that I had what, more than 10, 10 years ago, which Holy Spirit just reminded for us. So um, kind of take it to heart, take it to small group and just unpack it a little bit and say, God, what does this mean for us? What, is, what, is this, what are the implications of this for us? There is... Jane and Joe, that's not here at small group, um, we need to pick up on them. We need to be intentional. Who, who's got good relationship with them? Will you phone them? Will you get to them? Um, to be intentional with picking up on those relationships, on those who God has already entrusted with us, to us, and then to start becoming intentional with the, with the world around us. One of the reasons why we've, uh, we're playing touch rugby is to be intentional also with people that is not in church. Um, is because so easily we get into this bubble of it's just it's me and my circle of friends and this is a safe place and it should be a safe place but we should grow to a place of where we engage back into the world so that is the one thing is that we need to unite regarding what is God's agenda we need to get to know the word okay his word is timeless and we need to watch our lives and doctrine closely but then also there are times where God brings prophetic guidance and timing on certain things. And the scary thing about certain seasons, I'm not saying all of the seasons, but certain changes in seasons um, can be like fatal if you miss it. For example, the Israelites at the Jordan River. It's now time to go through the Jordan and we're going to go conquer the promised land. The manna stops, etc. And if you decide, I'm going to only try and cross the Jordan a day later, either you'll drown, or might not even a day later, an hour too late, the Jordan was going to close up on you. There was a place and a time where they needed to be in step with what is God saying to us as a nation back then. Um, 
So I'm not saying this is a season like that. I'm just saying that there's with, with when, when God starts to move and He leads us in certain things, take Him seriously. Like, for example, I believe um, that this is a season for us as the body of Christ as a whole, but for us to show for specifically, of, of, of coming into unity. Be, uh, the theme for our year is being one. Um, and the scary thing is, and I see it on pastoral level, is, is how that is played out. We've had some difficulties with certain things, and, and we needed to sort out certain differences on pastoral level. I'm not talking about me and Henny, I'm just talking about Shafar as a, as a movement as a whole. We needed to have difficult conversations with one another. And sometimes, maybe for, the, for you that means difficult conversations. But it is to align ourselves with what God is busy doing. He's bringing us to a place of unity. And if we want to trust one another, we need to sometimes have those difficult conversations. So I want to encourage you to, um, to pray and, and trust the Holy Spirit. To, doesn't, he speaks to you as much as He speaks to me. And uh, so I want to encourage you that by the time we get to the end of the year, we'll, uh, leadership is, is, will once again be praying about what is, what is God saying for us for next year. And what's often the most encouraging to me is when they say, this is what they believe God is saying, and I kind of sit back and I'm like, yes, I, I, I agree. I also feel that God has been talking to me about that. And God wants us to, to, to grow into a place like that, of where we all, as the body of Christ, have different pieces of the puzzle, which God is kind of bringing to us and say, yes, yes. Because the same Spirit that lives in me, lives in you, lives in, lives in you. Amen. Amen. I want to ask the worship team to... To, to come and lead us in one more song. So just as a, just as a practical for, for you guys for in small group, um, I, wa- I want you to take this conversation further. Okay? Just a question about where is your brother. For some of us, that means on a bloodline level as well. That's the Holy Spirit just talking very straight to me right now, okay? Where's my sister? Um, so for some of us, it means like, where's your, your, your blood brother or sister? And to start interceding with earnest about, if they don't know Jesus, to start interceding, to pray for them, and to be a redemptive agent um, for them as well. Um, and just close your eyes as I just pray for us. Lord Jesus, we we recognize that this evening, or that at this time, God, you're bringing us, in a sense, through the Jordan. But as you brought the Israelites through the Jordan, God, there was something that you asked them to do. And that was, again, to circumcise all of the males. God, I recognize that you're saying that we need to circumcise our hearts. We need to, once again, just identify with you, your cause, your purposes. And Lord, as you are busy gearing us, I believe that you are saying that as the commander of the armies of heaven, you have now come. And Lord Jesus, we choose to we choose to follow you. 
we choose to follow you into the promised land. But however, Lord, we realize that there are, we need to be consecrated to you. If we are not wholly consecrated unto you, Lord, we might die. Because there are giants where we are going. And if we don't execute your will in certain circumstances, 100%, God, that we might lose a brother or a sister. And as we get ready to, to go through this Jordan, figuratively speaking, Lord, I pray that you would just stir in our hearts to look around us, to ask the question, where is my brother? Where is my sister? And that we would pick up those relationships. And that we would love them intentionally and meet them where they're at. Lord God, so often we, ra- we, we, put it, we raise the bar so high and expect people to attain to a certain standard. But God, we pray, God, that you just remove that bar that we kind of raise. Give us a love for every person that you send our way. Help us to love people extravagantly, almost recklessly love people. Help us to express that love in a way that they can receive your love. Lord God, circumcise our hearts. We want to be consecrated unto you, to be used by you. Lord, some people here this evening, God, are, are really struggling with to know who they are, who they to know who they are in Christ. And just that which I said in the beginning, I know that is related to some people here. I pray that these words would echo in their hearts as they move from here. That you are my son, you are my daughter, and I am well pleased with you. I am proud of you because you are mine. And I love you. Thank you that that will echo over us, God. Thank you, God, that as we as we serve, as we as we seek to serve in your kingdom, as we seek to serve in your body and in the world out there that you value our contribution. As we make Jesus Christ the first receiver, the person to who we give our bread and our fish to, so that it can multiply to, to a lot of people. We consecrate everything that we do, our contributions, our hearts, our everything unto you, Lord. Everybody said, Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Shofar Johannesburg. May the grace you receive produce God's greatest glory and your greatest good. For more information and sermons, please visit our website at www.shofar.joburg.